0: Welcome to Destiny Spirit Church. This week's message is by our senior pastor, Donna Astern. All right, if you would open your Bibles, please, to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Well, tonight, guess what? I'm talking about prophetic worship. (laughs) Did we already have demonstration or What? (laughs) So I'll just toss in a couple of scriptures so you can see where it's all at, and then you can go home, right? <laughs> but I thought that was so funny, and I thought, oh, here I'm going to talk about prophetic worship, and you just watch and see what happens, you know. So sure enough, that was cool. Let's look at Psalm 100, verse one. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God, it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and is faithfulness to all generation. Have you noticed that we have been given instructions in the word of God about how we're to come before the presence of the Lord? And he says to come before him with joyful singing. Hallelujah. I'm glad he put that word joyful in there. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, I mean, let's face it. God doesn't want a bunch of, you know, down in the mouth, negative, whiny people coming into his presence. Some people do that and call it prayer. God calls it whining. I call it whining. Right. But he says, come before him with joyful singing. He says to enter into his courts. How we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, enter into his courts with praise. That's how we come, not with a prayer request, but to come to give him something, right? And it says here his his courts with praise there in verse four. That word praise is the word tehillah, and it means a spontaneous new song. It means a prophetic song. So God says, you come into my presence with singing, with thanksgiving, and bring the prophetic song when you come. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in, in Psalm 22, verse 3, it says, But Lord, you are holy, the King James says, who inhabits the praises of his people. The uh, New American Standard says he who is in, He's enthroned upon our praises. That word praises is the tehillah. It's tehillah. The reason that the King James says inhabits and the NAS says enthroned is because that word That word means, translated those two words, means to sit upon by implication to dwell. You know? It's like most people, what do they do? When they go home, when when I go home tonight, one of the first things I'm doing is kicking my shoes off. All right? You know, you don't usually kick yourself, kick your shoes off and go barefoot or whatever. If it's not home, if it's not a place that you're comfortable with dwelling, right? Most of us don't do that unless, you know, of course, you know, sign at the door, shoes off. But I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that if you just walk into somebody's house that don't have a no-shoe policy, you're probably going to leave your shoes on your feet and not take them off while you're there, Right. But when the Lord is going to sit down and to inhabit, to dwell in the place of praise, in the place of the Tehillah song. So that's why we want to enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise and release the Tehillah, the spontaneous song of the Lord, because that's the place that he dwells in. Hallelujah. That's the place where God shows up, right? I love for God to show up. If he don't show up, let's go home. Right? right? <laughs> Thank you. See, we agree. (laughs) If he doesn't show up, might as well go home. Okay. The Bible says in Psalm 96:1, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. You know, God is after the fresh, the new song. What's the new song? One you hadn't sung before. Now, we sang fairly new songs tonight, right? But you know what? They've been sung a lot. And what God is looking for is not just the new song that was published this year, but he's looking for the new song that just came out of your heart tonight. Hot off the presses, never seen it before, right? The new song. Because you know what? I don't know who wrote, you know, one of the, any of the songs that we sang this evening. And they're all fairly recent songs. I mean, none of them are 500 years old, right? So they're fairly recent, right? But you know what? God's heard them thousands of times, But tonight, did you sing something that he's never heard before? Sing something that you've never heard before. That's the new song, all right? Hallelujah. In Psalm 43, it says, He's put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise, a song of tehillah to our God. The Hebrew name for the book of Psalms is Tehillim. It means the book of praises. And the reason is because The Psalms were inspired by the Holy Spirit. They were hot off the press, fresh, you know, hot songs which were written down and preserved in the canon of Scripture. But they started out as spontaneous songs of the Spirit or odes of the Spirit. And early Christians sang the Tehillah when they were in the lion-filled dens uh, with the Romans And you know that many Romans became saved because the Christians were releasing the new song while they were there in the arena with the lions? You see, that's what the Scripture says. Many shall hear and trust in the Lord. You know what? Praise that is being released like that is a powerful weapon in the spirit realm, and it can even bring salvation. Hallelujah. Let's flip over to Psalm 150. So, God has chosen that we come into His presence with singing. In Psalm 150, verse 1, praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty expanse. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with harp and lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So God has also commanded us to not just bring singing, but to bring instruments as well. Did y'all hear the babies with the maracas tonight? All right. All right. You see, that's starting them out right. That's exactly right. Because... Even the Bible says that he has perfected out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, he has perfected praise, you know. And when your little babies are just, ha, ah, hallelujah, praise God, it's beautiful, right? Let them shake the maraca and teach them right, hallelujah, that's good. So the Lord has also commanded that we are to play musical instruments, so it's okay. And you can do the kazoo if that's all you know how to do or, you know. Uh, clap your hands or get a tambourine or something, but with something to bring forth some celebration. Aren't you glad that we get to have musical instruments? Hallelujah. You know that King David invented many musical instruments. You know, he invented them as added his creative anointing to the praises of God. And, you know, it's really cool even now with the new technology, we're seeing many new um, instruments are being created and it's wonderful. I mean, every now and then, you know, you go somewhere and you're like, what's he got? You know, it's something new that's been invented. And all these things need to be created to praise the Lord with a new song. Hallelujah. There is in the scripture in Second Chronicles twenty nine twenty five, Speaking of um, the, the king, it says, He stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with harps, with lyres, according to the command of David and of Gad the king's seer and of Nathan the prophet, for the command was from the Lord through his prophets. The Lord had let his intent known. He had spoken a command. I want musical instruments in my house. I want singing. I want music in my house. And this is a command of, of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just so glad we get to be in on it. You know, the tabernacle of Moses, they didn't have musical instruments. You worship God. You brought your little lamb in, and the priest took him back there and did whatever, but... They would shout or they would speak, but they didn't have musical instruments. I'm so glad we're living now. We've got some. Amen. Amen. Okay. Let's turn to Genesis 4. Genesis 4, verse 21. What is it about singing and music and instruments? What is it? That is so important to God that he says this is how I want you to come into my presence and I want you to bring the music with you when you come and we want to understand why is that is it because because God's got a big head is it because no answer would be no is it because that um, he just likes. A sound, well, he does like a sound, and he is creative and diverse. But there's more than that, why the Lord has said to bring music, singing, and instruments into his presence. In Genesis 4.21, it says, His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all those who play the lyre and pipe. How many you know, there's a something called the law of first mention. When you see something in the Bible for the first time, that is a, an important issue. It's, a, it's an issue of how to interpret future scriptures, right? This is the first time that musical instruments are mentioned in the Bible. And it says Jubal was the name of the, of the one who was the musician. He is the very first musician who was listed in the Bible. Now, understand... When people named their kids, many times they were prophetic in what they named and not even knowing why they named them that. Would you like to know what Jubal means? It means to stream, to flow, to bring forth, especially with pomp, with show, splendor, and display, to carry and to lead forth. Jubal means to create a flow. To create a stream. So what did he do? He lived up to his name. Invented musical instruments. Became the first musician. Because he was going to begin to open up a flow of the Holy Spirit in worship. It's opening up a flow. You see God says come into my presence with music. So he gives Jubal the ability to create musical instruments. And so Jubal by his very name. And then by what he did. He began to open up worship to the Lord. Hallelujah. Music is a ministry of the spirit of God. It's a ministry of the flow of God. A music a musician is a floodgate. They have the ability to open and to release. We have all experienced this, you know. You can you have been somewhere just fine and then you heard some music and it moved you, it impacted you. What did the musicians do? He stirred you with what he released. Isn't that true? How many of you ever sat there and wept because of beautiful music? I have, right? Plenty of times. How many of you ever been moved because of the because a song was being sung and it was impacting you on a very deep Internal level, okay? A musician is a floodgate, has the ability to bring forth something. Now, they can bring forth the Spirit of God or they can bring forth the Spirit of death, all right? I believe musicians are designed by God to release godly things in the earth, all right? How many of you have seen some people who were anointed out there in the world but they were not bringing forth God? How many you know there are some. There are some musicians who are popular musicians right now. They are anointed by God. The power that that they are bringing forth is amazing. You know, they are amazing. But what they're doing is they're not, they're, maybe, they're bringing forth an ego, they're bringing forth man, or maybe they're even bringing forth something demonic. But they're not bringing forth from the Spirit of God. They're bringing forth out of another spirit, another spirit. And I've read interviews of musicians who talked about felt as though they were channeling something when they got really into the music. Well, you and I know that when we tap into a flow of the music of the Spirit of God, we can feel the Spirit of God. We can feel ourselves being carried along with that, can't we, right? Because the musician opens up a flow, and as we worship him and sing the new song, it's bringing us into the throne room of God. The scripture says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 18, I will open rivers on the bare heights and springs in the midst of valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land fountains of water. When you and I are feeling spiritually dry and we're feeling like, man, it ain't nothing. it's not working, you know, no joy, nothing. What do you need to do? You need to get a musician to begin to open up and release a flow so you can get in worship. That's why you got a CD player, (laughs) y'all. That's why. I mean, if you play and sing, that's great. But if you don't, begin to sing with your own vocal cords that God's given you, you know. Begin to release and sing something. And and as you worship God, you're going to open up a river that's going to be refreshing. You know, the, the scripture in Ezekiel 47, 12, it says their fruit will not fail. They will bear every month because the water flows from the sanctuary. That's where the water's flowing. You know, our brother shared tonight that he saw coming out of the fireplace here, he saw a river coming tonight. You see how prophetic we all are? We're all hearing God say the same thing. Isn't that awesome? You see a river flowing and what is the river supposed to do? Bring life. Bring refreshing, bring healing, bring strength. Hallelujah. A flow, of li- a flow of life from the throne room of God. So a musician can open it or a musician can restrict it and close it. And, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes it's like that's why we like to have musicians play when we're going to minister. Isn't that right? Because what, come on, y'all, lots of times it's just tons easier, isn't it? Why is it tons easier? Because a musician is opening a gate so that the flow of the Spirit of God can come. I was telling um, uh, I was uh, teaching the worship team last night at the other church. I was doing a training with them, and I was giving them an example one time that I was ministering in another church, and, and there was a guy behind me. He's playing mandolin. He was very talented, very good. And so um, uh, it was it was after the worship, and I was about to begin to minister to some folks. And so I asked him if he would continue to play while I was going to minister. Well, as he starts playing, all of a sudden, to me, it sounds like the girl from Ipanema. <laughs> Tall and thin and like, like, da the girl from Ipanema goes walking. And when she passes, each one, she passes. <laughs> and that's what it sounds like to me. I'm trying to prophesy, y'all. <laughs> I don't know if he knew what he was playing or what, but that was the wrong flow, you know. <laughs> so I just turned around and said, thanks, that's okay. You know, I just got to stop it. Oh, it's so funny. And then I had to get back in Y'all you know, another flow <laughs> to get into it to minister. But, you know, I mean, he was opening something <laughs> you know, and I don't know if even that's what he was playing, but for some reason that's what it was sounding like to me, you know. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and those, you know, <laughs> if you are musicians, understand. You know, you, want, you have a responsibility and anointing obligation to tap into and create the right flow. <laughs> oh, prophetic worship. When we get into that place where we've got a flow of music going, we're praising the new song, the Tehillah is coming up, and what's happening? The flow is coming from the river. God is sitting down. He's dwelling right here in the midst of us, and oh, it's so good. And then what's happening? Then stuff starts happening, right? Worship brings prophetic release. In the scripture from 2 Kings chapter 3, we've got the story of when Elisha, was approached by the kings, and they said, we want a word from the Lord. And he's like, you want a word from the Lord? Pff, go ask your, you know, pagan, you know, whatever. Why now you want to seek the Lord? Go after Baal or whoever. You know, He was he had a really bad attitude, you know. You know, sometimes people want a word you don't always in the best frame of mind, you know. And so he wasn't in the best frame of mind. And he says, I wouldn't even pay attention to you except for, well, the king, you know, One of you guys, Jehoshaphat, whoever, one of you guys is okay, so I'll get a word because I like him. But I'm going to need some help, so somebody better bring me a minstrel. Because he says, if I don't get a musician, I won't be able to tap in and get a flow, because you guys irritate me. (laughs) I'm being real with you. This is how it is. There have been some times... You're just not in the mood. You don't feel particularly spiritual. You don't feel particularly anointed. And maybe you're a little torqued at something. And so what you need is a musician to come and get you in another spot. So then you can hear from God, flow, and be a blessing to somebody. Amen? I've had this happen before. I went somewhere, and I was supposed to prophesy to some people, and then here's somebody that I've had a run-in with. How many you know I do not need a minister out of my soul? Right? I got a word for you. <laughs> so, I'm counting on the musician to help me, to assist me, so I can get into the right flow of the Holy Spirit and minister something from God's heart, not my own. Hallelujah. Well, worship brings prophetic release. Um, also, we've got the, in First Corinthians, excuse me, First Chronicles 25, We've got the scripture that talks about how that David and the commanders of the army set aside musicians. He made up a schedule, set it aside and says we're going to have all kinds of musicians and they're going to prophesy as I command them to. I know you don't believe that, but it's in 1 Chronicles 25. He says they're supposed to prophesy with the lyres and the harps. They're going to prophesy on their instruments. And it says they're going to prophesy under the direction of the king. And they will prophesy in giving thanks and praising the Lord. So they're going to prophesy with their mouths and also prophesy with their instruments. When we get into that place of prophetic flow, we can sometimes have both. We'll have the instruments begin to move into a new vein, a new song. And then maybe the people begin to also prophesy. We had that happen this evening, okay? Prophesying on the instrument sometimes is interpreted, sometimes it's not. Sometimes what is happening is when the musician is beginning to, is playing a new song, something that's not been played before, and it's either going to be accompanied by English that we can all understand, either the song is then words you put to it, we understand it, or it's, it's having a nonverbal impact, you know. And it's setting the mood, or it's stirring people up, or it's doing whatever, but it's having a nonverbal impact as the instruments prophesy. And, you know, it's interesting that David set these people up, but he put them on a time schedule and said, Okay, your time to prophesy is from 8 to 12, you know, on Monday. I mean, the IHOP thing people have been doing, y'all, that's not new. David had this thing set up a long time ago, okay? And this whole thing about stirring up and activating the prophetic, that's not new. David said, your time to prophesy is Monday from 4 to 12 or whatever he said. So guess what? When you show up, you get to prophesy, whether you got your instrument or you're vocally doing so. You know that we can prophesy at the direction of the king? That's what he said. You know, that's what we talk about stirring up the gifts that's within you, getting yourself positioned to open up and to release the flow of the prophetic. And that's what we do and we t- train you in the Ministry and Spiritual Gifts Seminar is training you to stir up and open your floodgate and let God out, so that you can prophesy and minister to one another. There's also in Second Chronicles 29, 26 to 28, it talks about the Levites were standing there and they've got the musical instruments and they're and they're they've got all kinds of wild worship going on. And it says the burnt offering began and the song of the Lord began to rise up. As they began to Praise him with musical instruments and bring the burnt offerings. The song of the Lord began to rise up. Folks, I love it when the song of the Lord rises up. And this is is a prophetic release that happens with the worship. What else happens when we worship? When we worship, also many times deliverance happens. People get set free. Remember in first see first Samuel 16, Saul was being tormented by an evil spirit, and the only time he could get relief was when David came in and pro- and played his harp and then Saul got relief. It says the evil spirit would leave him because what's David, the sweet psalmist of Israel? He's worshiping God with his harp. He's worshiping God. You know what? When you are in a challenged place in your life, worship will drive out your enemy. And when you're struggling with defeat and negativity, it's time to worship God and bring him in so that stuff gets pushed out. Amen? As such a powerful weapon that we need to take advantage of. Hallelujah. You know, David, it says, was a skillful musician. He was skillful. And so he was skillful not only in the technical aspects, but David knew the Spirit of God. David was a worshiper, and he knew how to connect with God. And you know what? So much of the time... If you and I are in a dry place, a negative place, if we can get somewhere where somebody is anointed musician, can connect us with God, it's a whole lot better, right? <clears throat> Isn't that? How many of you feel better now than you did a couple hours ago? Uh-huh. Why? Because we had anointed skilled musician, because we had the river of God loosened here tonight, and because we had the prophetic song being released. Hallelujah. So it's a whole lot better. Praise God. Worship also brings warfare. The prophetic worship can bring warfare. You know the story of Jericho in Joshua chapter 6. Remember it says that Jericho was a city that was all shut up. It was all walled around there. And so God gives command to Joshua and says, Tell the people to march around the city once a day, every day for six days, right? And on the last day get to march around it seven times. Y'all, that's a long trip. (laughs) It's a long trip. I believe that Jericho was seven miles around. So on the last day. And not only that, but what were the instructions? Shut up and march. No whining, no complaining. I'm tired. I don't know what I'm going to do this for. It do not make no sense. None of that stuff. He says, shut up and march. And then what happened? He said, and at the end, they blew the trumpets and the people released a shout. And then what happened? The walls came down, right? God's battle plan included musical instruments. That was his plan. That's how he's going to, he's going to defeat Jericho. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes, folks, if you and I are feeling defeated or we're feeling cornered, it's time to open up the floodgates and let us shout out. Let us shout out. And sometimes, it's like we are hearing tonight, it's a matter of shouting in faith. You know, the thing is that sometimes we read these Bible stories and we think, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Y'all, nobody had ever done this before when they did it. They didn't have it to read to encourage them. They thought, this is the craziest battle plan I ever heard of in my life. Ain't nobody won a battle by walking around the city and then blowing a the horn. <laughs> you know? Now let me ask you, when they blew the horn, the wall fell down, then what? <sighs> Climb the wall. Okay. And they rushed forward, right, and took the city. Now they had to go fight. They marched forty nine miles that day, y'all. How many of you think? I mean, that's a tremendous thing to happen. But if you put yourself in their shoes, how would you be feeling about that? About now? Help me, Jesus! Right? <laughs> that's what I'd be saying. Oh, help me, Jesus! You gotta help me here. <laughs> oh man, there's another story, y'all. Uh, That was Joshua 6. There's another story uh, with Gideon in Judges 7. What was God's battle plan for Gideon? Get out the trumpets. And so when his 300 blew the trumpets, they smashed the jars that had the torches in them, right? And they blew the trumpets. That's how they won the battle. It says when when they blew the trumpets, the Lord himself set the sword against the enemy. Do you know that if you and I will be faithful and if we will be men and women of faith and go ahead and praise the Lord and do the shout and those things, God will set the sword against the enemy. That's the principle, folks. There are some times he told the Israelites, you ain't got to fight this about. You're just going to shout. You're going to praise. Same thing happened with Jehoshaphat, right? Here comes the enemy. We're in big trouble now. What do we do? God says, send the choir out front. And everybody wanted to resign from worship team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. David said in Psalm 144.1, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Well, he's plucking his harp. He's doing battle against evil spirit against that was bothering King Saul, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. See, God will want to use music, prophetic worship, song of the Lord, these things for spiritual warfare. Another thing that worship does, prophetic worship does, is release deep communication. The psalmist said in Psalm 49.4, I will express my riddle on the harp. I will express my riddle or my puzzle, my problem, my hard question on the harp. I will open it. I will get the mystery. I will get the understanding. As we begin to enter into a place of seeing the mysteries of God, as we begin to meditate and worship Him, He begins to open up and gives us revelation and understanding of Scripture, revelation, understanding of what He has spoken, what He has said, and we can get problems solved simply by being in a place of worship. Prophetic worship also releases teaching of the Word of God. In Colossians 3.16 it says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, it says teaching and admonishing one another in spiritual songs, right? It's the Word of God can teach, can instruct in spiritual songs. There are sometimes we've gotten instruction from the Lord that came by prophetic song. Here's how to solve your problem, okay? There are also things that there's revelation that God has breathed upon, blown upon, and then we're like, oh my God, you're awesome. And then we begin to just sing, and we're teaching even ourselves. The word of God through song, through instruction. How did you learn your ABCs anyway? Didn't you learn them by singing? Mm -hmm. Right? You know what? There's lots of times you can learn a lot of scripture by singing it too. All right? Prophetic worship can also reach the lost. Psalm 1849 says, I will give thanks to you among the nations or among the heathen. I will sing praises to your name. Hallelujah. Do you know that there is no music in hell? There's no music there. In Revelation 18:22, it says the sound of harpists and musicians, flute players and trumpeters will not be heard in you any longer. And no craftsman of any craft will be found in you any longer. There is no music in hell. Music belongs to God. It's his creation. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. On the other hand, the scripture says that heaven is filled with music. In Revelation 14:2 and 3, it says, I heard a voice from heaven like the sound of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. And the voice which I heard was the sound of harpists playing on their harps, And they sang a new song before the Lord. Heaven is full of music. You know, as a matter of fact, there's a place in Revelation where it says it was quiet in heaven for a half hour. Heaven's noisy. It was only quiet for a half hour. And if people are not comfortable with praise and worship now, I don't know what they're going to do in heaven. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Because all around, people are throwing their crowns before the Lord. They're bowing down. They're dancing. They're singing. The harps are going. It's all going on. All right there. I want to read you a quote from Martin Luther. He said, I am not of the opinion that all the arts should be crushed to the earth and perish through the gospel as some bigoted persons pretend, but I would willingly see them all serve him, he who gave them and created them. There is no vehicle which displays the glory of God and the wonder of God as clearly as the arts. Art is a reflection of God's creativity and evidence that we are made in his image. Isn't that awesome? I love that. So... You know what? Let's get creative as we worship the Lord and sing a new song and release something fresh. Amen. (laughs) You know, I feel like we already had our visual thing tonight. So all I did was throw some scripture to tell you that what we all did was biblical. (laughs) We're going to be flexible, right, tonight? So it's okay if I don't preach for very long, I guess. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord God, we bless you tonight. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that you do inhabit our praises. We thank you, Lord God, that you've given us the ability to come into your presence with thanksgiving, to praise, to sing the new song. And that, Lord, that we experience the flow from your throne room. Lord, tonight we want to praise you and thank you for the refreshing, for the encouragement that you did for us tonight, Lord God. We want to thank you, Lord God, for giving solutions, for bringing freedom, for bringing healing. And Lord, we worship and bless you, Lord God, that no matter what we're facing, Lord God, you are worthy to be exalted. You are worthy to be high and lifted up. And we honor you, Lord God. And we say that you are all our sufficiency. Lord God, you're our Savior. You're our provider. You're our deliverer. You're our healer. Hallelujah. And Lord God, you're my problem solver and my miracle worker. And I give you praise for it, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that there is nothing that is impossible to you. And we give you thanks, Lord God, for you are working all things out according to our good. Hallelujah. Because you love us with perfect love and we thank you lord god that you're a faithful friend that lord god you'll never leave us you'll never forsake us that lord we can run to you and we can find refuge at any time and we thank you for it hallelujah hallelujah glory to your name lord god thank you for joining us for more information about destiny spirit church or additional teaching cds or training events please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Church, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you.